0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. So, I mean, the, there are some things within that that uh, you know very much directly translate into into the guest experience. So, you know we. We, we want to be sort of have this communication, if you like, within the team that, that is, you know, in, in using the kind of the platform that suits us, it's the time that that suits us, um, you know, and, and it's in the tone and the, and, the, and the language and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, obviously we, we want that internally and we want that to be delivered in exactly the same kind of way to, to the guests as well. We don't want to have this, you know, one size fits all approach because we're all different. Um, you know, we want the guests to to trust us and, you know, be assured that we're going to deliver, you um, you know, what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And that's very much exactly, you know, we all understand that sometimes things change, but we've just got to be clear about that and trust each other. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and today I have a great uh, opportunity, I guess you could say we don't have much uh, in-person meetings anymore, so great opportunity to sit down with Adam Rallage, who is based out in the UK, and talk about what it's like to build an award-winning team, Um, especially in the hotel sector. I think this is something that's highly needed. So Adam, my friend, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you so much for inviting me it's great to have the opportunity to speak to you and uh, it would be nice to have flown over and done this in person but you know we'll, right. we'll stick with Zoom for now.
1: I know I was gonna say 2020 really threw off all our plans <laughs> but we're, we're here we adapted we're still kicking so uh, I would love to just kind of jump in and figure out a little bit more about you obviously I got to talk to you pre-recording but um, I want the audience to understand your background and how you even got started.
0: Also, So, uh, really, firstly, just to get into the hospitality industry, it wasn't something I had a, a particular uh, desire to do. It was something really just to earn some part-time money to when I was uh, sort of sixteen to be able to go out and do the the things that sixteen-year-olds do. Um, so that was that was it really. And I didn't really want to to sort of be a waiter, uh, which is what I kind of ended up doing. Um, I thought I was probably going to mess the orders up or, you know. Just, mess everything up basically, but uh, my next door neighbor had a job at this hotel as a banqueting uh, server. So she said, you know, it's, it's really easy. You don't have to take any orders. You know, you don't have to carry 10 plates or do silver service or anything like that. And uh, and it just started from there really. And I gradually then moved my way working around the the, the different departments in that particular hotel. Um, but it was still very much set on my career. I had a career in sports science planned, which is why I studied it at, at university. Um, but uh, throughout my time at university, I spent more time working in hotels than I did doing my studying. And, uh, and, and basically, that was, that was it. Followed my career in, in hospitality and uh, went from strength to strength.
1: So, what was your? You started in food and beverage. Did you work your way up to front of house, like front desk, or what was kind of like the the stepping stone to then growing as a career?
0: So, I I started off working in banqueting, and I did that for uh, for two years, whilst part time while I was at college, um, college to us, not college to you, uh, before I went to university, and then uh, did kind of a shift here as a concierge, helping out luggage porter, that sort of thing, uh, covering reception, uh, and then. I had a a gap year between college and university where I worked in reception as a supervisor and then worked in the accounts department, got progressed into a role with the group accounts, which was quite, quite, quite uh, cool. So I was traveling around a few of the different hotels and uh, chasing people for money who owed us money. Um, There's a group of about, I think about 15 hotels, something like that. Uh, And then did part-time reception for three years in a boutique hotel um, in Birmingham when I was at university, and then uh, went into reception supervisor, reception manager, uh, front of house manager, front of house manager, rooms division manager, deputy general manager, general manager, general manager, and uh, that then led me to doing what I'm what I'm doing now as well, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about it, uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, very you know kind of sequential, but still a good mix of, of food and beverage and rooms division, and uh, but yeah, quite. So mostly in, in boutique hotels or individual hotels. Um, you know, I think the biggest company I worked with had about eighteen properties, something like that. Um, so yeah, not the kind of the big corporates, uh, you know, Marriotts, Hiltons, IHGs of the world.
1: That's yeah. well, really fascinating, and I think um, the way we kind of got introduced was through um, through the Hospitality Mavericks podcast. So yes. Michael Kingsinger, uh, he, he you know he had you on the show. And he and I are good friends. We've become really close over this last year. And um, so I remember you guys were talking about a certain hotel that you were working for um, on his podcast. Can you explain a little bit more on what that whole conversation was based on?
0: So I think yeah, when I was on Michael's podcast, which I think was probably one of the first ones I ever did, uh, we filmed it in one of the bedrooms uh, at the hotel I was working at at the time, which was Georgian House Hotel, which is uh, in near Victoria in London. For anyone who's who's been to London previously, and uh, it's a sixty-bedroom family-owned hotel. It was built by the great-great grandfather of the current um, owner of the, the business. Uh, it's wow. a real kind of family uh, heritage, and it's a bit. Although it's a boutique hotel, it's still quite. Uh, traditional in in design it's a kind of listed building um, but the rooms are, are sort of modern in a in a kind of up-to-date kind of way but not in a you know funky boutique it's so modern it doesn't even work properly kind of way which uh, i find with a lot of boutique hotels yeah. um so yeah really really lovely property but uh you know it has what i would call the normal rooms if you like and then it has a few themed rooms uh, which are called wizard chambers so they were really oh, cool. inspired by um a lot of guests who are coming to stay at the hotel and then going on the warner brothers uh, studio tours um, and muggle walking tours and uh uh, all of these things that that, that uh, Harry Potter fans do, and uh, they, they you know they, they started doing the theatre show as well. But during the time that I was there, that came, came later. So they started off with one of these, then it quickly moved to two, and then it went to four, and then during the time that I was there, because um, I unfortunately can't take any of the credit for this fantastic idea, uh, we we expanded that from four to seven. And started doing a wizard afternoon tea and really started to build that whole kind of wizard brand, uh, wizard chamber brand at the hotel. So that was quite interesting. Yeah. I'm not really a Harry Potter uh, fan per se. Um, but, you know, I think uh, you know you don't have to be to appreciate uh, you know what, what has been done yeah. in terms of the concept and to build that out. Uh, I had some fantastic people working uh, in the team at, at Georgian House who were uh you know massive muggles so to speak um so they were really able to to deliver that in terms of the guest experience I kind of stayed stayed back a bit from that uh, but actually there's some things that I've kind of taken from that in terms of the speaking that I now now do as well so it's actually uh yeah as I've got into it a little bit more and uh you know my my daughter who's uh who's six nearly seven she now wants to start watching the the film so uh, I'm gonna have to get get into it <laughs> two years after having left the hotel but.
1: Yeah, just take her to that hotel and just be like, all right, this is pretty much it. Like get, yeah, I can't do that at the moment,
0: unfortunately, <laughs> as we record yeah. this, sadly. But uh, the hotel's yeah. uh uh we're not out of bounds, should we say? But uh yeah, yeah no, I'll we'll look, look forward. So she has been to the hotel before, actually. I remember uh, it was and because it was a family-run hotel, that was one of the, the great things about it. You know, we, we built a fantastic culture there. Um, and there was one one day when I think uh, my wife had to take my son to some kind of appointment for something in London. I can't remember what it was now. But uh, yeah, I said, i you know, just fine. Alice can stay with me at the, the hotel. Um, so we just went into one of these, it was actually one of these uh, wizard rooms and she just kind of sat there happily, you know, doing, playing, doing whatever she was doing. And, and I was doing, doing my work. like had the, the team in there for a quick morning briefing meeting and just, you know, sat there and, uh, and enjoyed the, uh, the experience of being in the hotel. So I'm sure she'll, uh, she'll love going back to the wizard chamber rooms once we've uh, watched the films.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and you've talked about just briefly um, building a, a good culture and a fantastic culture inside a hotel. And when I was checking out your website pre like a way long time ago, like months ago, when we first got introduced um, was you, you have a lot. I've seen a lot of awards and recognition given towards towards you and the hotels you've worked at and the teams and overall, like just like winning the best GM awards and all this stuff like this. So Uh, I want to kind of jump into um, kind of that aspect of you know the theme of the episode is building a award-winning team Um, so for for you can you kind of dive into that side of everything because I don't think I've seen uh, one person or one person who's been at all these hotels win so many awards Um, this is kind of a new thing for me to see so uh, I guess I'm kind of curious to see your your secret sauce when it comes to that (laughs)
0: well i suppose there's two things one is is the winning of the awards and the other thing is is the the how we do it so um i mean one thing's for sure you've got to be in it to win it and uh, i know there's a lot of great people doing things in in hospitality um who, who are doing award-winning worthy uh things but but not necessarily focusing on those and uh, the reason, you know, for doing that. was well, some of the reasons. One was, was you know, it's great for the team. You know, it obviously gets them really excited and motivated, um, and you know, real good feel factor in the hotel when when we're recognised for the great things that we're doing. Uh, but also, it's really part of our uh, sort of talent attraction uh, strategy because as a, an independent business, and especially in London, when you've got so many hotels, you know, hundreds of, of hotels, and especially competing against some of the. The more established brands and that was something we were really doing to to sort of stand out uh, if you if you like and, and show people that we were a great employer um, and we won uh, some great awards so there's one for uh, best industry and education partnership so we were really passionate about working with uh, with universities and helping to support them to develop the future hospitality workforce and we had some great success in actually recruiting people straight out to some of the, the universities we work with uh, which wasn't necessarily the aim it was you know really just to you know, it was something we believed in um, but that, that actually was very uh, very effective for us as well as more at grassroots level with uh, with younger people in schools, just getting making them aware of it because for a lot of people who, you know, don't go really to restaurants. And, uh, you know, especially when I was younger, we didn't go to restaurants. We occasionally went to McDonald's for a you know, birthday party, but we didn't have the restaurant culture that we, that we have now and, and you know, maybe stay in a hotel occasionally on holiday, but not, really aware of it as an industry so that was that was one really key one and then later we won awards for you know best management development strategy uh, you know sort of top top 30 in the best places to work in hospitality for for a few years running and, uh, you know, it was great for me to be able to support some of our team members. So we had a front of house manager who won front of house manager of the year award and, um, and, and so on as well. And as you say, I was fortunate to be uh in independent hotelier of the year and general manager uh, of the year awards and, and whatnot. So that, that was the kind of the winning of it really, I suppose, was, was, uh, was part of our strategy it was something we were specifically aiming for as well as you know, good, uh, good for the for the team to be part of that um and how do we do it well i could write a book of that well as you know i am um but uh you know there's, there's a lot that goes into it and you know it's just, it's really about kind of supporting the team and, and being true to what you do so i i believe there are seven kind of key lessons if you like that's what i talk about in my my keynote speaking and what the book's all about uh, and those kind of seven lessons really around values um so you know having the the right values for your organization. You know, making sure that uh, you know your team really can buy into those values, and that you're you're living them every day, and you're 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 kind of reinforcing them through what you through what you do. Uh, the talents, so the you know, people, having the right people, bringing them into the business, how you find them, all of that sort of sort of thing. Uh, learning. So how we learn uh, together, how we how we train how we um, educate ourselves how we enhance our, our knowledge so that we can broaden our horizons and develop new opportunities uh, communication and trust uh, which work very much in tandem um, so uh, you know sort of talking to people in the way they want to uh, have have conversations and have those interactions rather than just being very prescriptive in the way that we communicate making sure that's you know very proactive uh, constant engagement um for for people and and you build that sort of trusting environment so the team can can all really trust each other and work well together and you create that space where uh you know they can you know sort of make suggestions without you know, feeling that you know that, that's not the the right thing to do and are free to make mistakes and we all learn together as part of that process um and then the, the final two things really are around uh Kind of developing leadership uh, capabilities, and around supporting the well-being of the uh, the team, and the, whether that's um, you know, mental well-being, physical, uh, social, or, or financial well-being, because you know everyone has has problems in their in their lives and things that they need support with. Them. And I think we recognise that you know, the more that we could do to help them with that, you, you know, the things even you know, outside of the work, out of work. One, it's the right thing to to do to help each other and look after each other in society to you know how can we really expect them to to achieve their potential in the workplace if they've got this this baggage that they're they're carrying around so those are the kind of the 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 ingredients of the secret sauce uh, as you as you put it and uh, you know if, every organization has different different needs with those sorts of things so really it's about engaging with the team to understand the needs um and then achieving the right balance of supporting them with those needs um and the demands that we're we're placing on them as well
1: Oh, you brought up a lot of good points, and I think yeah, it uh, was a bit of a monologue.
0: Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no,
1: it's totally okay. I totally uh, I I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and are you guys looking at like if you take care of the team first? Because you're talking about there's seven things you know: values, right people, learning together, commu- uh, communication and trust, development, leadership, and support and well being. Um, or, or do you feel like if these are the the pillars for taking care of a good team and having a good team and award-winning team do you feel like that carries through the guest uh experience and the way the the hotel operates is that what makes it successful or is it an internal success that you guys measure that off of
0: so i mean the, there are some things within that that uh you know very much directly translate into into the guest experience so you know we we we, we want to be sort of have this communication, if you like, within the team that, that is, you know, in, in using the kind of the platform that suits us, it's the time that, that suits us, um, you know, and, and it's in the tone and the, and the and the language and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, obviously we, we want that internally and we want that to be delivered in exactly the same kind of way to the guests as well. We don't want to have this, you know, one size fits all approach because we're all different. Um, you know, we want the uh, guests to to trust us and, you know, be assured that we're going to deliver, you um, you know what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And that's very much exactly. You know, we all understand that sometimes things change, and we've uh, we've both experienced that with with, uh, with the schedule for this this uh, recording. You know, but we've just got to be clear about that and trust each other and and uh, and, and communication obviously feeds feeds into that. Uh, you know, with the way that we deliver things and and you know stay true to our values. And one of the things that I really encourage organisations to think about in terms of finding talent is there seems to be a sort of a disconnect between the way that we we try to attract consumers uh to come into our hotel and the way that we recruit people it's like it's two different processes but it's exactly the same thing it's all marketing um and you know there are a few hotels that are uh, really embracing the same methodologies that we would use to attract uh you know there's no booking.com unfortunately for um or fortunately depending on your views uh for attracting <laughs> uh, attracting talent but you know some of the stuff like, the, you know, really targeted um, you know, Facebook ads, for example, or Instagram ads to attract uh, people. You know, the way that we actually, uh, you know, change our messaging, change our tone, you know, emphasise different benefits, for example, to target different market segments from a, a sort of a talent attraction perspective. In the way that we do that for uh, for guests. So, you know, I think there's there's um, some some sort of direct and then others which are perhaps a bit more but more indirect.
1: That's awesome. And um, so there goes into a few things of the I love the communication and trust aspect. Um, What makes good communication? Is it constant communication? Um, Is it using your words properly? Is it body language? Like when you you guys are talking about communication, what was obviously a little bit different with COVID because a lot of us aren't in person anymore. But what's the key like successful communication methods that you guys were practicing
0: so i think really there's no there's nothing that i could say to you, you know what we did this and you you absolutely will achieve phenomenal success if you go away and do this as well you know again linking back into what we were just talking about you know personalization is you know one of these kind of key things that we we, we sort of uh put on a pedestal in terms of of the guest experience but you know really trying to again bring this back and say you know we should be having you know, parallels really with the guest experience and the employee experience. So whilst uh, you know, it can be a bit more difficult on a day-to-day basis working with the same people to personalize things in the same way that we would do to a guest, we, we just need to understand those people. And, you know, there's lots of ways that you can do that, um, you know, whether it's by, by doing training to understand different personality types and, and all those things, but really it's just a case of, you know, having conversations and understanding each other and, you know, knowing that, you know, after you've done a day of back-to-back recordings you don't want to have a conversation um you know same time as you know if you need that office time to to focus on a particular project you know that that's that's uh that's the case and you know you're not to be disturbed during that time or you know, some people like to say you know interrupt me and tell me what you want to do don't just stand there people say you know if you can see i'm busy come back and do it so it's really just a case of of understanding those those people you know as you in a smaller hotel, that's easy for me as a general manager to do for everybody, and you just sort of scale that up really in in in, in a bigger hotel. So rather than do for the whole hotel, you know maybe focus departmentally. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think it's really just a case of, of understanding that on a on an individual basis. You know, some people love technology, but we worked in a hotel where quite a few people didn't have smartphones. Which you know, to, if you said that to a lot of people, they'd think, "What are you talking about? Everybody has a smartphone." But obviously, whilst there are some fantastic tools that you you know you can use uh, on a smartphone, if someone doesn't have them, then you're actually making the situation worse. So you know some people prefer a good old fashioned notice board. In terms of how often, one thing I would say is definitely not all the time. Um, there are very few people who can cope with that, and even if they think they can cope with that, the reality is that you know they're not then switching off, um, and it's too much. So you've got to strike the right balance and. that's one of the things that um, has become really, really important during these times, you know, especially with a lot of uh, employees being furloughed. You know, communicating with them is really, really important. Uh, But the last thing they want when they are really struggling to deal with possibly homeschooling, worries about, you know, having, uh, you know, enough money and whether they will have a job, you know, in a few months if this continues and all of that sort of stuff is constant updates about what's happening at the, the hotel. It can actually increase anxiety, obviously. So, messaging is really important as well as the uh the regularity and the methodology as well so you know there seems to be a whatsapp group for everything these days (laughs) but you know uh, exactly you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah but you know when you've got that on your on your personal whatsapp then you know how do i know you can mute things but you still know it's there so do we need to be careful about that? Some people prefer that because they don't want to have to go another another separate app where they're kind of thinking every time that goes off, it's definitely work. So you, it's really about talking to your team, understanding what's right for them, um, and you know having different options available to people to suit their needs. We all have different needs.
1: Totally, and I love that you just said that last part. You know, different needs because I what I learned as a hotel manager during my time um, was like I hired some great housekeeping staff. I hired some great maintenance guys. I hired some uh, great front office receptionist, front desk, whatever you want to call them. Um, but the one thing I learned a lot was when I was like, I interviewed this one person and let's say she killed the interview. She was great, 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 great. Um, or actually I'll use a different example that I like better. Um, so I interviewed someone for housekeeping. She was very conversational in the, in the interview, very, um, personable you know likable person you could just tell she was a great candidate um she's had a great experience and great references like she checked all the boxes and uh i noticed that when she got into cleaning rooms and like doing the actual job of housekeeping and turning over uh you know the laundry and all the other stuff she was just saying hello and you know talking to the staff and like her team and like being nice to guests and like actually going out of her way instead of being like the grumpy housekeeper pushing a cart in the, the hallway. She was actually like going to conversate with them and like ask them about their stay. And is there anything about the room that I could help you with? Or like, she was just really going above and beyond. And I realized in that moment, kind of like a light bulb moment, I was like, she is not supposed to be in housekeeping. She does. Okay. Like she, she didn't have any issues with her, her rooms or, you know, whenever I inspected things or great work, no, no complaints, but I was like, she's really not like thriving in housekeeping uh she was just average like great quality work but didn't do anything above and beyond other than she was really personable and loved the guests so that's when i was like all right we have to realize that she was i also kind of saw like after a while she kind of started declining in her performance just because she was i think you could tell she just wasn't in the right spot and so we we put her into front desk and uh she killed it she was one of our best agents um I remember having reservations come through even on OTAs, like booking Expedia um, saying, I would love it if, um, if, so let's say, uh, Rose was there when I checked wow. in, uh, you know, like just by name reference and and then stuff yeah. like that. So do you think there's, um, I don't know, as managers, what can we do in order, like, what does it take in order to recognize that for, for us? Is, is that something that you guys even experienced with, you um, your hotel with some staff like saying hey they're a great team member but they're just not in the right position that they're, they're not thriving here is that something that you guys kind of um focused on when you're curating these teams and getting award winning that makes sense yeah very
0: much so and uh, because it was such a small hotel uh, there was limited options for um for progression in terms of a typical hierarchical uh you know Sort of uh, increase in in salary and and role responsibility, but actually that's not necessarily what people always want. Um, so very much uh, trying to uh, promote, you know, gaining those different learning experiences by working in different departments. And similarly, had um, some some team members who worked in housekeeping and moved into uh, into front office. Um, but also people who perhaps as you, you know similarly you know were perhaps under underperforming in a certain department you know, okay well you know where where do your uh, your skills lie and what can we do and you know just experimenting and, and helping them to find something which suits them because there's so many you know roles and in, and in in, in, in in hotels that you know there's something for you know every every personality type and every skill set uh uh, really and you know actually can be quite often even if you, you're not necessarily passionate about working in, in hotels or hospitality you know but your your accountancy is your thing you're you know mad about the numbers you know you could you could develop your um your career in, in working in hotels so, you know get your qualifications then go off to do um you know accounting in in another industry if you want to or, or
1: revenue management
0: yeah or moving into revenue management but you know that, yeah. that, those those kind of skill sets actually you know, if you studied a degree in accountancy, for example, you know, paid don't I have no idea even how much you do, and then you do all your professional accounting qualifications, and then go and get a job, you know, in a, a sort of normal accounting um company, perhaps not one of you know the kind of big four or, or anything like that, but yeah. you know, you're going to have huge debts, and your earnings are going to be relatively limited. But actually, if you kind of progress through accounts, you know, you get your qualifications paid for by the company you're working for over you know a few years and you know repay that back in the work that you do and the loyalty that you show to them you know, you'll have no debt and you'll be earning probably twice as much as those people you know at, at a certain point in time anyway so you know i know you know all of this but uh, but yeah you know that's that's very much something we tried to do and actually as well you know although if there wasn't you know, necessarily a role for somebody in terms of, of progression is you know, actually getting them uh, you know, involved in different things in the hotel. And we had a big uh, kind of ethos about, uh, about kind of lean and six Sigma at Georgian house. We did a lot of work on that. Uh, so every yeah, single member of the, of the, of the team, um, you know, a yellow belt as a, as a minimum, we developed them, you know, in, in that way. And our entire strategy was kind of focused on all of these different project groups that we had running all of the, at the same time. And really, you know, the, the, you know, we had obviously the kind of the the top line strategy for the hotel but all of the the little things really being led by uh you know these project groups with uh, with people from different departments uh, quite often so you know, I had a whole kind of thing about uh you know our employee recognition program and yeah. all of that sort of stuff which i could kind have of, yeah maybe said yeah that's yeah, rubber stamp that or actually you know really like me to sort of just to consider that but you know, they're coming up with the answer and Then that kind of you know, gives them that bit of ownership all over it. You know, makes them more motivated, and um, and you know that that really works. That's the kind of the secret sauce. That's the one thing that you can probably take away. That I guarantee, if you do do that, <laughs> you, you'll get it. But uh, you know, again, that's because you're talking to them on an individual basis and finding out what matters to them. And you know, I don't care where they keep the teaspoons or or what order they do the breakfast buffet in. They know what works. Exactly. Uh, they're the experts on that so so yeah
1: exactly so, yeah oh, I love that well um, I guess we we kind of mentioned it and uh, I've been trying to like see if I can go the whole day without bringing up COVID but you just can't <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, that is obviously yeah, the pandemic COVID-19 we've kind of we've, it's been the focus over the last you know 11 to almost 12 months um, so how can hotels you know how can they be able to keep their teams performing their best during a, a pandemic? Like I know there, there's, it's dependent on market. It's dependent on where the hotel is based. You know, obviously the UK is not doing so hot right now for travel. Um, there's some places in the U S that are doing okay. Um, they're more like rural destinations. They're not close to big cities. They're kind of like the outskirts of, you know, let's say New York or California or, or, whatever big populated city there is uh or state um so what do you think hotels and hoteliers or managers or gms or anybody could really do to help keep this um keep this going and not have it just have a dead stop during the middle of the pandemic
0: well, I think, uh, I mean, first of all, it's, it's funny you, you know, when you say, we, we, I've tried not so hard not to mention this, but it's inevitable. And that used to be Brexit. And now it's this. I think there's always going to be what, <laughs> yeah. something which is going to be like, we're trying to avoid this, but we've got to talk about it. Um, so, I mean, it's been different at different times of the year, because, um, you know, so we had a, kind of our first lockdown here in the UK. And then, you know, this kind of summer of we had this this eat out to help out offer, which uh, you know some of your listeners may be familiar with, um, and our coastal hotels and a lot of the countryside hotels, you know, booming over the the some of the staycation um, was was really big, and certainly expect that to be the same uh, this year as well. But the cities obviously really really struggling because of the the, uh, the lack of inbound uh, tourism, which you know I'm sure is the same for you. But yeah, getting it, you know, really kind of a tailoring it to what's happening in your in your hotel because um, obviously but i think the key things really for me are you know we've we've got people at home who you know we can really develop and you know that's not necessarily about saying yes you're you're furloughed but you you must do these mandatory training courses because you know as we said earlier you know, everyone's got these kind of things going on that, that they've got to deal with so you know why prescribe to everyone they've got to be online at three o'clock to do this this group training session when they're you know trying to do homeschooling and stuff um but it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity and it doesn't have to cost a fortune obviously you know you can book fantastic world-class uh you know people like myself will come in and do a, a speaking workshop for you but it doesn't have to be you know there's, there's so much uh resource out there and, and the hospitality industry has absolutely been fantastic in in what it's provided uh for free across the industry uh i know the e for example are doing some some online programs i haven't done them one of my my good friends uh, has just completed a lot, and there was so much, especially in the first lockdown. You know, even just watching TED talks um and or or reading articles, you know,
1: podcasts,
0: podcasts. Uh, I was just getting to that. I was building up in, in terms of, of importance with podcasts, obviously at the, at the top. But there is, I mean, podcasts have, have obviously have exploded, and uh, um, it'd be interesting to see how many of the ones that kind of started in the in the pandemic. Uh, Still continue, but the, the long running yeah. ones, no, obviously trust those, me. The better ones.
1: That's been uh, something we've talked about on the back end of things, like Michael uh, from Ma- Hospitality Mavericks and a few of us. Yeah, this has been a conversation part. But anyway, sorry uh, to interrupt.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. But you know the. the they are. I, I, there's uh, there's one particular uh, podcast um, which you know I p- found particularly beneficial, not just for me but also for the hotel because uh, you know and he, this person has been a guest on, on Michael's podcast as well. But you know this the, the guy whose podcast was he started staying at the hotel. You know a number of his guests. You know built built relationships with them. Um, you know one was kind of then booking the hotel to deliver workshops and, and that sort of thing. And I gained so much knowledge from doing that. Was like, I was the must tune into here as soon as it dropped every single week. And it helped me to really move the, the business forward, um, you know, in terms of the, the, you know, the way that we were marketing as well. So th- they what are really, podcast? really valuable. You're, you're more than um, plug it in. Yeah. So it was, it so it was, it was, was called the, um, he, he, he left his company and then started, started his new company. His, his new one is called the Supersonic uh, Marketing Podcast. Okay. As uh, Mark McCulloch uh, and it was previously the spectacular marketing podcast but gotcha, uh, you know gotcha. great great podcast and you know similarly with uh, you know with Michael uh, who you mentioned you know we've we've got built up a good relationship and you know uh tried to sort of do some stuff together as well uh, just before all of this kicked off so mm. uh, really you know valuable in terms of the people that you can can meet uh, through doing it and uh and whatnot. So yeah, a big big fan of, of those. And obviously, you can be doing them while you're doing your housework or going out for your daily one hours permitted exercise or whatever it is, depending <laughs> on on where you are. You know, there's no, there's nothing to uh just to, to to sort of stop you from doing that. So you know, all but all of this stuff free and, and really accessible for teams. So I think that's one key thing. Really, is you know, take advantage of the opportunity to to support teams to to learn and to grow because all of these fresh ideas. You know, if you've got ten different people in your team and they're listening to ten different podcast episodes 100 podcasts worth of ideas that they can bring back into your team. how long would it take you to you wouldn't even do it would you um so uh, so that's that's one great thing the well-being thing is is really important as well you know just sort of understanding them and and how they want to to be engaged with you know what are the what are the problems that they're experiencing and how you can um you know possibly support them directly but uh, quite often it's a case of uh of, of signposting you know making sure that, that they're gaining access to any financial support that's available um you know you know whether it's kind of we I mean this obviously pre covid we had uh you know mindfulness workshops at um a Georgian house where there was a, a lady called Katie sheen who's, who's absolutely fantastic um who I met I heard her speak at a conference um, and you know she came in and ran some workshops for us and you know if, if any of your uh, listeners want to check her, her out uh, Katie Sheen uh, soul nutrition is her company um, and I know she had a, a free um, uh, anxiety mindfulness for anxiety uh, workshop that she was offering for free uh, during the the pandemic as well and, and she's really first class so you know there's there's so much of this stuff that we can do to to support people but actually, um you know as well as doing that because it's the right thing to do and we want to, to to help our team and just engage with them, make sure they stay up to date with with what's happening so they stay, feel like they're not isolated it's actually a really good opportunity to show the world that you are a great employer so you know do the great stuff obviously but you know talk about it as well and, and show that that's what you're doing because you know we're always going to need great talent in in hospitality and you want the best people for your business. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I I certainly would want to go and work for the team that show me that they're, you know, putting on mindfulness workshops, you know, even if it's for they're free or that they're supporting teams with wellbeing and and all of that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, you can just be fun as well. You know, I'm sure you've done a million kind of quiz, not zoom quizzes and all, you know, all of those things, but ask them what they want. Yeah. Don't just say, this week we're going to be doing mindfulness what what do they want we tried doing yoga at Georgian house no one wanted it um, i thought everyone's i thought everyone's gonna want yoga no one was interested but mindfulness you know they're really really popular sessions and not the only pizza did they help party. People, yeah but those are never, very
1: common in, in the u.s uh, which oh, really? is not what, it's not what anybody wants at all but they actually happen like too often
0: yeah but i think you know the, the other thing which is is from um and certainly, probably in the first lockdown, I don't know how how much this is in affecting people in the, in the second lockdown, maybe because they're kind of better. But it was really a case of actually, you know, make sure that it was very easy. You, know, you didn't have anything to do. You've got time to fill, and you know, uh, alcohol consumption went up, and people, you know, getting, uh, you know, irregular sort of patterns of sleep and um, the diet. You know, things are easy. So, you know, you're not in kind of a normal routine, and all of that stuff's really important to to maintaining good good well well-being. And obviously, it's all interlinked. You know, if you're Drinking all the time, not getting enough sleep, and you know you're going to feel down, you know, and it's kind of vicious cycle. So, um, you know, all, all of these things are really important just to kind of t- to share advice um, where people want it or get, you know give them access to it and 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 help them to to help themselves. Really,
1: no, that's totally true. I, I totally uh, totally agree. Um, no, I think you you've packed a lot into that and. Um, I can see obviously why you're still such a a passionate uh, person in the industry. Um, What is it that you are currently doing now with, because now I don't think you're with the hotel anymore, right? You're doing speaking and and lectures and kind of just doing what you're just describing on the show. Uh, where, Where can people find this information from you?
0: Yeah, so I left Georgian House in uh, in July 2019, and uh, and I set up my own, my own business already, and uh, really working with teams to help them to to create award-winning teams, as we've, we've just been saying. So uh, yeah, I had a fantastic first six months, which was kind of weird. In, in that I was I uh, went out to I had an amazing privilege of going out to Japan and doing some training out there for the Rugby World Cup, uh, and went went to watch uh, France USA actually, which was quite a good uh, good game. Um, so you know that was great fun, and then I was speaking in, you know, I, came, I was in New York actually, and and uh, Dubai, and all that sort of stuff. That and then I think I went to Turkey at the end of January, and you know, haven't set foot on a plane since I did sort of six months solid of, of being on a plane basically, and then done. Um, but no, very much everything um, that I'm doing is, is online now, and actually has opened more opportunities up for me because you know I can speak to uh, an audience in uh, you know in, in New York in the uh, in the afternoon, and then. Um, do another gig first thing in London which would have been pretty well I did do that last year actually it was pretty horrific <laughs> um, to, to like, get the red eye and then come back and do another gig um, in, in London but you know it, so it's you know opportunity is is there and are still very much delivering those uh, online speaking opportunities as well as workshops so you know more shorter workshops I have to say now you know I think people are um, you know which kind of makes sense it is much harder to to stay engaged for, for those periods of time, so half day is a kind of the, the sweet spot for those, and all of that is really focused around those ideas of you know communication, trust, or you know how to uh, develop you know your kind of well-being strategy, those sorts of things, um, and then yeah, as you said, I've been doing some lecturing, so that's been quite interesting. Uh, I you know did some guest lecturing when I was. Uh, working at georgian house general manager but working you know directly with the university now helping to develop uh future future leaders in hospitality um and uh yeah so you know, really rewarding and, and, and you know, great to be able to share my my experience with them uh, on that front but all all of my uh, you know, details are on my, on my website, which I'm, I think you're going to put out on a, a link very kindly with the, oh, yes. with the podcast, rowledgeassociates.co.uk. And, uh, if anyone wants to follow me on social media, we have plenty of uh, regular, uh, tips and, uh, stats and, and useful content, um, on there as well, which is at, just at, Adam rowledge. Um, and really just trying to share as much value as we can to, to people. And, uh, you know, there's so much information out there and, uh, you know, some fantastic resources, all for free. So, that's
1: awesome. Well, no, I think you you summed it up pretty uh, perfectly for the whole audience. Um, there's a lot of content for people that are able to, you know, pick and pull and and start developing um, if they're open or not open. Or, you know, I think we're we have a pretty vast audience here with SlickTalk. So, uh, the the information is just great. I think it could be applied, you know to any segment of hospitality. So I'm excited to uh,
0: Definitely. go ahead. And I think just just one thing which popped and just popped in my head as well, you know, in terms of this idea of, of, of learning and developing, you know, obviously there is so much free resource, but one of the key things that I really try and and, and talk to, to people about as well is it's doing the right kind of training. So we just talked now about this kind of like the idea of a half an hour, a half day workshop rather than this, you know, traditionally it was always that you're going for a full day's training. Um, and, you know, it can just be in bite-sized chunks. It can be one hour every week rather than all in, in one go and uh, something which i'm really um, also quite passionate about is is uh, kind of gamified um, training so um you know that's again something which yes the company has to to invest in um to to kind of p- put together a, a platform um and, and you know the one particular company that i you know, really recommend who do that but you know, the, the results are absolutely staggering in terms of the effectiveness of, of that. And, uh, you know, I had a guy, I'm not a gaming type person at all. I never had a PlayStation or any of that kind of thing when I was growing up. My kids have got a Nintendo Switch and I, I didn't want to play on that. It doesn't interest me. I had one demo on this thing, of uh, it was a coffee shop, and I was I'm going to get top score on this and beat my score from last time. And how can I do this better? And, uh, you know, making sure that I'm upselling and all that. So, you know, that is where the message really sticks and the effectiveness of the training is, uh, is, is as well. So do, about doing the right kind of, Um, of development but uh yeah we could go on and on for hours i'm sure but uh, i'll I'll leave it at that for now
1: that's perfect
0: well like you said i'll take
1: everything in the show notes so anyone listening can have easy access right away um adam i just want to say thank you again for being on the show thank you for bringing some value and knowledge to the audience and of course to me i'm even learning stuff uh through the podcast which is pretty awesome uh, I don't think many people can say that with their jobs, at least right now. Um, so I again appreciate you for being on. And
0: uh, thank you, real, real pleasure talking to you. We'll do.
1: Of course. Well, we'll talk soon. And slick talkers, you heard it. Slick, click the show notes. Um, you can find all the links in the, the show notes below, like I just said. And we'll see you guys next week.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in.